0: Hello again, Brett. Frank, nice to see you. I'm liking your shirt today. Thank you very much. <laughs> I selected it especially for this episode.
1: I love it. I love it. Because
0: today we decided to go and talk about something very, very practical um, about how to efficiently work from home. For a lot of people, this is very new. And um, let me just you know, say right away, we're going to touch on a few points that Maybe if you're listening, you would react to saying, "Ah, that's not new to me, but we could put a little bit of focus also on, you know, how is this helping you right now in this particular situation that everybody is in and how can you efficiently implement it? Make it a little bit practical.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important to to recognize. We've talked about it before in other episodes. Even when we know these things, it's about the adoption phase. So knowing it is great. Self-awareness is wonderful self-management is the key to real development so uh i think knowing it is is the starting point and learning how to adopt it is uh, what we're really trying to unpick in our know
0: that's so true so let's try to make that happen maybe perhaps we start with um start with communication right what's different now with regards to communication inside teams inside a company between co-workers what is important right now?
1: Wow, you're starting with the, uh, the toughest one of the lot, right? <laughs> uh, communication, everyone's communicating, communicating, and we're being asked in a way to communicate even more explicitly now. And, and nobody, I'm sure if we asked, would want more <laughs> communication, right? But how do we create the nuance in our communications with our teams, with our colleagues, to make sure that everyone understands what we're doing, doesn't start to tell themselves stories if I'm not responding straight away. And it's this idea of creating an empathic tone in my communication exchanges with my team and to find the right mediums to communicate so that people feel connected and they also feel as though they're getting things done. And part of me wonders whether this isn't about communicating more. It's the old adage of how do we communicate more effectively to remain productive and remain sane <laughs> in these very challenging times. I, I don't know what you're finding if you're, you're seeing the same kind of things.
0: We have, in communication in principle, the biggest problem is most of the time Um, so the multiple ones, but let's say what happens very often is there are actually misunderstandings and misinterpretations. Mm. So on the one hand side, as you say, I need to be smarter maybe now on how I communicate something, be nuanced and be clear. But there's also the perspective of being the recipient of information. So something that you would have not misinterpreted if I would walk by your desk and you know, speak with you about something. Let's say you tell me, um, hey Frank, can you help me with this and that? And I would just, you know, I would stand in front of you, we look each other in the eye and I would say, hey Brad, I'm, I'm, at the moment I have three other projects that are right now I need to need to manage. And you would go like, "Ah right, of course. Now imagine this in a text conversation, when I'm texting you, Brad, I need this report by five o'clock and you you reply to me, maybe you feel a little bit offended by this, I'm not working for you, (laughs) You or whatever whatever is in your mind, and then you just reply back. You try to be nice and say, um, hey, listen, it's not the only project that I'm working on. And then I read this like, "Um, why is he mad at me? You didn't mean to be mad at me, but I interpret it as like, you know, it's like like a slap in the face. You know, what kind of reply is, is that really? So I think as a recipient also, I need to always apply empathy and you know assume this positive intent. I can't read all the information uh, with the with the assumption that somebody you know has a bad intention about me or what I our communication in general.
1: I think this is really important, right? And and it goes for me, actually, to highlight one of the tips uh, that my team suggested to me, actually, uh, in recent times, that when we've got those things to communicate, we send the voice message rather than just the written text message. So we record a little, hey, Brad, um, could really do with some help on getting this project sorted by the end of today. Uh, not sure what your schedule's looking like. Um, and actually it's easier to you know if I was writing this out it would be 20 lines but if I record a 45 second message voice message send it to you as a note and then you can say hey Brad actually it's not the only one I'm working on right now I've got three projects but listen I could do it by three o'clock so if that's gonna work for you and I can spend you a thumbs up little message back and it's kind of mixing and and matching the, the mediums that we've got to, um, I think the phrase you've used before with me is to nuance communication. And I think this is really where we're going here, right? We need to nuance our communication so that we can show empathy and compassion. And at the same time, still get things done because we are being measured and monitored to get things done as well. We can't just forget that.
0: Oh yes, that's so super true. It's, this is something that happens all the time. And I believe that your suggestion is, is brilliant. It's brilliant because what does it do? If I record a um, short voice message versus, you know, typing a message is when I type a message, you know, this actually, this takes a lot of time. I type, I, I misspell, I correct. So I think I'm naturally predisposed to the cutting myself shorter, you know, not, not, not write a whole long thing. will just take too much time. And if, if I do that, I'm omitting information. I'm already inform- omitting information because you don't hear my voice. Through my voice, you can read a lot about my intention, my state of mind, and so on and so forth, and what I actually mean. Uh, so that is, you add this kind of information by just hearing my voice. But I am also more motivated to add some context and extra information because it's for me it's easier to add. You know this this what you just said for example like. I'm, I'm busy with this free project, but I really would like to help you. Uh, is it okay if I come back to you at four o'clock or something like that? If I would not say that, if I would just, you know, type, have no time. <laughs>
1: it, <laughs> but you're right, because what we do is we, we, we self-edit when we're texting. And I don't know about you, but I'm quick, quick, quick to send a message back, get it off my to-do list and maybe a little bit too quick so I don't check the spelling and actually I send back words that don't even make sense. (laughs) So this creates an even bigger challenge because I've started to say things that I didn't even want to say because of predictor text. And I've just found, particularly in the last four weeks of, of lockdown that we've been in, that when I've got tactical things that I want to talk about, um. The temptation is just to to bash out a quick text. I found that by hitting voice record, inflection in my tone creates the intention of my actions. And it's the intention that I want you to receive. And that's why it's made such a big difference. I'll be adopting this long after lockdown stops and the world goes back to normal, Frank, because I think it's a really powerful way for people to hear what you're saying, to save you time, so it's efficient and it gives that intention and allows the other person to have more empathy.
0: Yes, it makes it at least a lot easier uh, mm. for everybody to have that. Maybe you don't
1: even need that much
0: empathy because you already have been given the context versus the short te- text message, you know.
1: Right. And yeah. you can hear the tone, right? You hear the the friendliness, the warmth. Maybe there's another layer as well to communication that we should just check as well, because if we're not explicit, for example, I send you a message. Hey, Frank, I've got this project for a client needs to be done today. Um, When are you free to um, help? So very open. It's quite warm. Could be a hi, how are you with an emoji as well. But actually, you've gone for a walk with a dog right actually you didn't take your phone with you so now the message is not even being read and now i start to tell myself a story (laughs) yes (laughs) very likely (laughs) what's frank doing yeah he's not busy he's not working hang on it's an hour since i messaged him where's he gone and it's this balance between needing to be present and needing to maybe also share with my team when I'm on and when I'm not on. So it's not just the communication about what we do, maybe it's also about how we're communicating when we're doing things.
0: This is, this is uh, something that I'd love to discuss, and we, should, we will also um, in the next step a little bit about, you know how can I embed um, some private time during the workday as they relate to obligations that we have. Um, but before we go into that, let's just stick a little bit with communication because we said in the beginning we also, you know, just above and beyond simply saying, okay, so this is a good practice, please watch this, is can we give maybe some insight into how can you start implementing this with yourself? What is it that you would need to watch? Do you have any recommendation about that?
1: Okay. I, always, I always work with threes, right? And I think again here we have maybe a kind of a a top three tips. The first is when there's anything emotive in the communication to voice record or to pick up the phone because it's that touch point of communicating in person rather than the personalized texting. So I think this for me is, is the first one, the voice message or picking up the phone to speak when it's anything emotive and requiring the other person's commitment to do something. The second tip is the explicitness of the request. So rather than self editing and making it as short and sharp as possible, if we are going to be texting or using email as our communication, to be really explicit with what we're asking, when it's required, how long it will take, and using some emojis to show that, create that level of empathy. So when the person is reading it, they can somehow feel or touch what you're saying. And the third, I think, as well, the important element here in our communication is to manage everyone's expectation. So if I'm messaging you, whether it's in a voice message or whether it's in a written message, I'm also stating when I would like a response by to manage your expectations. Maybe you don't have to get back to me straight away. Hey, Frank, you can get back to me by tomorrow. Ten o'clock will be great. And then I'm not sort of putting pressure on you where you have to stop what you're doing and suddenly respond to me. Yes. So that's top three is the recording, the voice message or the phone, the being explicit with the communication, and managing the expectation of when I would want to respond. So those would be my three tips to how to really interact and engage with this newer form of explicit communication. That's
0: great. That's a great it's a great nuance also to add um, by when you actually need help or need a response, you know, because that will give a lot of clarity also for the recipient. Um, Extremely important. I would add something here. I would say I think you can deliberately begin the practice to you know go away from just simply writing the email and then hitting send over to reading it once again with a particular view on if I'm bad intended or on the right in, in the wrong state of mind, can I misinterpret what I was just been typing in the way that I don't intend it to be read? and i think if you read this again with an eye on can this also be interpreted in some sort of you know negative way or non unintended way this gives you the opportunity to either contextualize a little bit or or rephrase or something like that because very often we do that we we, we always have most of the time i would say everyone has a good intention so you're writing a text uh with a good intention but that doesn't mean that the recipient read, reads it the same way. So you need to do everything in your power. It's not a big extra effort. Just you know, run through it once again. See, um, just imagine the person you're sending this to. Often you know the people you're sending this to. And then you can, you just think, does this come across the way I want it? And then perhaps, you know, either rephrase, use a couple of emojis, you know, I know emojis are frowned upon in a couple of, you know, industries, so it's, it's, it has still has this flair of being something unprofessional in, in, you know, for some people, but I would say now's the time to go use them because you don't have many other opportunities to, you know, add new ones in, you know, in an emotional way uh, to the communication. That's, that's what I would add. And sorry about the second uh, one. You kind of touched on it with saying, okay, I'm gonna, I would love to have your response by tomorrow at 10. Now that we're also very often working outside of the regular office hours, we get to that a little bit later. I may choose to continue to work on my project and then also want to communicate at 10 at night because it's convenient for me. That's the the moment that I chose, I'm productive, I have the time So and I wanted to work on this, so that's what I'm doing. But if I'm sending, Information out at that time, particularly when I'm a manager, but also for everyone else. Um, I would say, I would always add a sentence saying, you know, I'm writing this now because it's a convenient time for me. I do not expect a response from anyone before the next working day. To not pressure people into thinking, oh God, he thinks I'm always on, I have to respond. You know? Yeah,
1: Frank's on at 11 o'clock, so now suddenly I hear my phone pinging. Oh wow it's the boss. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. I think this makes a huge difference specifically when you're when you're a manager specifically then. Because a lot of you know associates would like to you know please your work style and and then they think okay my boss is maybe having this expectation on me that I am on 24/7. Yeah. Even if you don't have that expectation I think it makes sense to spell that out. Say just say that. You could actually put it in the in your in your email footer if you need well,
1: to i've seen it in i've seen it in, in some people's signature of late yeah uh, if you're receiving this on the weekend or after working hours please don't feel the need to respond before the next working day right. it one sentence and and it goes i think it it gives a nod to the team culture
0: that's right of course you have to mean it you know you can't just have it in your signature and then call the person five <laughs> sure, when they haven't they still don't have a response <laughs> on my email <laughs>
1: I thought you were working today. (laughs) Tell yourself a whole story. Yeah, I think there's a there's there's a nice nuance. I like your um, way of just stopping before we push send too quickly, and just putting ourselves in their shoes and checking. Does that resonate? Will that land? How will that sound and feel to the person receiving it? Ninety percent of communication is how it's received, right? That's the intention that comes across, and we never know the space someone else is in when they receive a communication that's written or a voice message. We don't know what's going on for them in that moment.
0: That's right. Actually, I can already hear some people say, I don't have that kind of time, I'm very busy. But I think if you think about this twice, you might find that you spend a lot of time uh, later on with, with conflict and uh, you know resentments, hidden ones, and so on. That's, you spend a lot of time with that. But if you clear a nuance, you avoid all that actually you save time
1: yeah you preempt it
0: yeah that's true right so I think this is um something all of those that we mentioned so far in, in the last few minutes is something that you can just go again you need to you need to challenge yourself to change those behaviors right it's not <laughs> enough to just say yeah that's right you have to go do this and even if you do just one of those things
1: well, Frank, I think you said before, right? People who probably know these things. We know how we should communicate, but now is the time where we have to adopt those new ways to create new habits, and those habits those habits can be adopted, I think really quickly i I don't think they take a long time to create
0: true it's not true
1: perhaps best Brett,
0: maybe this is a good point to move on to. Um, a subject it has to do with organizing time and com- time um, in in a team or as an as an organization. Um, let me just open with some context, um, and maybe we go from there. So yeah. now, it's not only that for a lot of people they're working from home. That's something new, and they somehow need to need to organize that. They're also quite stressed about the fact that now they have many, many more, you know, scheduled online video meetings and calls than before because it's quick. I'm just going to walk by the office and ask you something while you're doing something else. It's not going to happen anymore. Um, Plus, you suddenly have to work in this kind of environment while also your kids are at home and not at school and nobody's walking your dog. Right. And um, your grandma is now living with you because you know you want to take care of her. Um, plus, so this all compounds, and so people are tell me they they don't know they don't know any longer how they could deal with that. So let's talk about this a little bit. What are things that we could implement both as an individual, but also maybe as a team or an organization to distress this kind of situation?
1: When you've worked with teams in the past, Frank, what do you notice is the greatest stressor in this kind of environment when people feel the stress? What do you see as the triggers? Maybe that's the place to unpick it first.
0: I would say it's uh, it's either real or imagined expectations that others may, may have on you on multiple uh, levels, on how you... Uh, how you look how your workplace looks um on being available 24 7 because you're online right you you're not traveling and these kinds of things um i think these are the main these are the main ones and probably also some others but i will believe this is this expectation that that others have on you for your performance because you're a remote worker
1: I sense that in order to kind of drive collaboration between people, individuals, and teams, we need to create a culture in the team that recognizes that we're not that 24 seven. So it kind of is like a, 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 a tips for me from your last comment about, you know, letting people know that they don't need to respond today. You know, listen, if this is coming to you just because I'm working late tonight, doesn't mean you have to. And I think this idea of controlling the stresses Is about for me one of the first tips. Actually, this was recommended to me by a a, a psychotherapist who who I worked with, a colleague, and uh, they used to call it lazy time. Schedule lazy time, she would say, and I would say, Oh, what do you mean, schedule lazy time? Right. And she would say, Lazy time are those moments in the day, eleven o'clock, two thirty in the afternoon, when you just stop working. And you just let your team know, for the next hour, you're you're not on point. And you end up by taking some time off, walking a dog, spending time with your kids, watching a, a video, a movie, a Netflix show, whatever it might be, because we're so switched on in this 24-7 digitally hyper-connected world. And now with everyone working from home, the lines are blurred between work and home a little bit more than they have Mm -hmm. been. Scheduling lazy time and letting our teammates know when we're having some lazy time is really powerful. One, it allows me to take time off in the day so my head isn't 24-7 in work. Two, I make the time up later because at six o'clock maybe I'm still sending some emails out. I'm not just switching off at five. It's not a nine-to-five job anymore. And thirdly, I think also just as importantly for my mental well-being, if I can get used to scheduling lazy time, it means that in my own mind, I'm not feeling and thinking that I have to be working all the time. I can take some time out in the day and make it up a little bit later. So I love this concept of lazy time.
0: Yes, I, I love it also, whether it's lazy actually, or whether it's you taking care of something that you have to do in this particular situation right now. Um, in any case, it's a good thing that you, have the, you would have the ability to just do this without being completely stressed about it. So, but I think this requires, this requires teams to talk about this as a strategy for, or a tactic for everyone. And agree to respect it. Yeah. If there's just this one person that out of a sudden is blocking time during the day for anything that's not have to do with work, everybody else will again, you know, putting us going to put pressure on them. It's gonna be the managers, it's gonna be the peers. They're gonna say, Our project failed because you know Frank never was available in the afternoon when we had a meeting or something like that. it, it doesn't work like this. I think you need to have a conversation and saying. Uh, with each other, look each other in the eye over video and say, you have the same problem, don't you? So here's a suggestion. Why don't we say everybody, you know, can into a reasonable amount, you need to agree, mutually what is that? Reasonable amount, block time of your your normal workday. Why are you actually taking care of something else? At the same time, we all commit to saying that we're going to make up for that. It's not like we're going to, instead of having an eight hour working day and all of a sudden we'll only have a seven hour working day, we still gonna okay. have an eight hour working day. But because the lines are blurred anyway, right now, we do some of those time in the mornings or we do some of those things in the evenings. The thing is, I think some people might rebel to that a little bit because they're saying, but I have, you know, it's, it's. Previously, everybody has been talking about you need to have this work-life balance, but that was in a different environment. Okay. Now in the work-life balance, you make sure you don't stay too long in the office and then you have some time for other things. Nowadays, now it's blurred, as you say, it's completely blurred. So the tactic to make this work is to say, okay, it's blurred. I'm gonna just mix these two things. You just have to be conscious about the fact that, you know, as, a, as an associate, you still need to be able to deliver the results that everybody expects. But you need to look each other in the eye and say, it's okay if we do that.
1: And for me, this is about creating context. If I'm communicating with you as my teammate and I'm saying to you, hey, Frank, listen, I'm having some downtime later on today. Um, So between two and four o'clock, if you want things done, make sure you get the request in before two o'clock, right? Because I'm switching off for a couple of hours. And whether it's working with uh, my kids, doing some homeschooling, whether it's doing my one hour of exercise in the day that I'm allowed to do or going to the shops to pick something up. As you said, it could be some personal things, taking some medication to my parents, whatever it is that I'm doing that I need to do during the working day. As long as I'm creating the context for you to understand that you're then not thinking, hey, where's Brad? (laughs) How come every time I'm messaging him at two o'clock, his phone's offline? Exactly. What's that about? What's he, what's he doing? Ah, he's watching TV again. And it creates a whole different story. And, and it's this idea of the key to this virtual world we're all being forced to work in is context, context, context. And everything I'm hearing from you is about highlighting the context and then doing things explicitly.
0: That's true. So, but that's, you know, some of those things they sell beautifully um when you just look at them in isolation but then they're also very practical concerns let's talk about one i'm sure you have an idea um so it might still be that while i while everybody agrees i have the liberty to take off time during the day for something private how do i come together with a larger team while we're working together on a project if all the time there's a chance that 70 percent of the people just in that time are taking their whatever private time off
1: Uh, We need need to, first of all, probably think about how we reduce the amount of meetings we do have. (laughs) But then it's how do we make sure that we're communicating as a team and using all the different forms and mediums that we've got. You know, Frank, the digital world for all of us now enables so much communication, whether you're using WhatsApp groups, Slack, uh, IMs, whether you're using Trello boards, there's a way for teams to constantly be in contact without having to constantly be in contact. And I think this idea, and and you and I have talked before about it, you know, let's look at the kind of meetings we're having. So when we have a group meeting right now, everyone puts their their videos on and we have a good chat. There's a really um, nice way, one of the the tips that, that we do on a weekly basis as a team, we all come together with videos on. We share some stories. We make sure everyone's all right. The whole video starts with people just putting their thumbs up, sideways or down. So this means that I'm really feeling good and positive. Hmm, I'm all right. Not so good. And so everyone's thumb is up, sideways or down. And then we can go around and everybody shares a little anecdote, a little story about them, what their week's looking like, how they're feeling. And from this point on, we talk about the kind of meeting. So we measure the expectation of the team right at the beginning of the week. And if we dial in and say, right, we're going to have a meeting on Thursday for the team to look at this project, then this is a moment where the whole team have agreed to. And then the expectation is you come. Mm -hmm. And your phone is switched off, turned over on silent, and you're totally present in the meeting. And if that time slot is no good for you, then on that you know, first meeting on a Monday, or a Sunday sometimes when we're you know, dealing with our colleagues in the Middle East, um, and they're starting the week on a Sunday, we agree there and then the one or two meetings during the week that everyone's gonna to come to. The rest of the meetings we can engage and interact with each other depending on our schedules and what we're doing inside and outside of our working times.
0: I think that's a great strategy for teams that are um, of a certain size. How about a larger company? Would something like, you know, maybe core working hours or something be a tactic for them to use?
1: I I sense that they have to because without it, um, how would you get alignment? And we know that we've seen, you know, in France in the last couple of years, um, they changed core working hours before we went to this sort of crazy world we live in today, right? You couldn't call people before Mm -hmm. 8.30 in the morning, after 4.30 in the afternoon. You know, there were these times. And my sense is that in larger teams, uh, you may have a, a, a different experience here, but in larger teams, I think a recognized agreement, like a charter, of when people are operating, I think gives us a nice baseline but the baseline should be the starting point. I don't always think it's the end point. Well, but what's your feeling here? Because these are my experiences. Let's, let's hear from you on this one. Yeah,
0: I think based on the fact, fact that now the situation is very special, very special we, we have, have loads of private things, depending on, on, the, situation happen on the situation that away at home, home, I think I, I, I think, think it would be more, be more practical, practical to have more than just, just one call block that happens in the middle of the day. I think think it makes sense probably to to have have one call in sometime before 12 o'clock and sometime after 12 o'clock. So that, that, you know, if you have have the opportunity to to say, say, okay, okay, from 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 11.30 to 12, I'm going to go walk the dog because there's nobody else right now that does this for me. But, but I still have you know, some 4 hours the in the morning, some, morning, and some 4 hours, four hours in, in the afternoon where everybody can contact everyone by way we preferably schedule a new, new meeting, meeting, so, that so that we, we have again, a chance everybody can come, come together. together. So, so I to break this up a little bit in this particular, particular situation. situation. Not just I'm just saying, okay, like, the core working hours are from 9 to 3, which is a 6-hour block. Perhaps make two small blocks, one in the beginning, one in the second half of the day is will give a lot more flexibility in this particular situation now.
1: Yeah, and actually, you know, we have to recognize that, you know, depending on the region that you're in, those time slots can look strange and different anyway, right? True. Uh, So my team is uh, quite heavily based in APAC in Asia uh, Pacific. So our working blocks are very often 7 till 10.30 in the morning which is grabbing their late afternoon and then kind of late afternoon for me here in the UK, which is their evening. So they can pick it up the following morning Uh, when you and I are communicating, we have a one hour, two hour time difference that we're playing with. So whether it's central European time or it's British summer time now that we've moved to here. So I think we have to be a little respectful of, you know, the time zones that we're working in and those core times to work need to be flexible and maybe here's the thing as well frank maybe they need to change and be on rotation so that not everybody feels that they're working at a certain time so maybe it's 8 till 12 this week that should be possible
0: yes why not that's a good idea that's a good idea um but it would already be really a big win first of all if a company that didn't have that before is is define a smaller window of core working hours and if you Want to give a little bit more room to flexibility? You can also split this up, and make two blocks. Yeah, I think, and I think the two blocks would be really helpful in this particular situation for many people. Of course, you need to empathize with if, if you're the single uh, working in your beautiful apartment, who has, which has its own office and nobody's disturbing you. You are you're not going to feel a lot of the pain that everybody else does who has right. kids and their grandma and so on. So, I think, um, I think it's a good time to be more flexible about
1: this one yeah and and i think you're right there right because not everyone has the choice to close a door to their workspace
0: sometimes it can be very very hard right and so because we established a little bit earlier in this particular situation a lot is about de-stressing the day from the you know particular situation that's you know caused not just working from home but also working from home under these conditions right is um we have the option to find ways to be more flexible. We talked about some of those, but there's also an option to become more efficient, meaning spending less time with things that you usually spend time on without sacrificing the outcome. And one of the things that I really would suggest generally, but I think in this particular situation it would be a great time to start, is review how much time do you spend by default when you schedule meetings. Right not just with one person especially also with a group so very often the calendar default is you're going know, you create a new, new calendar entry and it creates a default one hour slot if this takes so much time away and a lot of meetings let's be honest hand to the heart they're not very efficient
1: mm-hmm. right
0: so now that you need extra time in order to allow yourself the flexibilities that you need during the day maybe we go to uh, agree to a much shorter standard meeting time two-thirds of the normal time or half so something like that but a significant cut and just agree with everyone we're not going to schedule any meetings that don't have defined talking points or outcomes that we want to get to otherwise it's okay to not join um and we focus everybody comes prepared so you don't come you know prepare that with your you know i was going to say with your pants down but that's not what i mean with uh unprepared um, mm-hmm. in this sense you don't nobody comes unprepared so that you can use these 20 minutes instead of 60 minutes efficiently and still have work towards the result or outcome that you needed as a team or as the two people who are talking
1: yeah, and what a lovely focus that gives for the meeting, right? Actually to have a focused agenda in a defined period of time uh, that enables you to be more efficient and effective yeah. in 30 minutes rather than 60. I'm loving that. Right. Actually,
0: I would even argue, I mean, I'm pushing it a little bit, but I would say there are also some meeting types that you can even push down to seven minutes.
1: I love the fact that you pluck seven minutes as the timing. Why? It's just a random number, right?
0: Kind of. It's also a little bit based on when I was trying to do something that's five minutes. Ah, I was very hard. All right. (laughs) I think seven seven minutes is a bit better. It's still incredibly short. But honestly, there are some meetings that are more or less about... Um, you know, one person gives a little bit of information and then there's the scheduled time for discussion and so on, which never really happens all that much, very often. Um, So maybe we just bring it down to just saying, quick readout of the important facts that are important at this time, um, with the goal of people just raising their hand in case they they really object about something. And, uh, but if no one objects, and you, you finish seven minutes it's done
1: well and actually I know that uh, again this is recommended by one of our team in Australia but uh, we have some of our team meetings a little bit like scrum meetings where we're all standing up right and they go quicker hmm they do when we're sitting down we're all very comfortable we can start doodling playing with our pens you know seeing what else is maybe coming up on the screen. But actually, when everyone's standing up, it's a little bit more quick, a little bit faster, more energy, and actually in 10 minutes, the meeting's done. Are we done? Yeah, we're we're done. Okay, let's go.
0: That's right, and you can even even do stand-up meetings on video.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Right, I mean, literally standing up.
1: Maybe we'll do our next uh, session we can do standing up, Frank.
0: Yeah, if we want to make a short episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we ever managed to. But maybe it's a good point for us to summarize.
1: <laughs> I think, listen, what, what, a lot of these points have come from, from our experiences. And, and one of the things I really liked about what you were saying was this idea of de-stressing, decluttering the day. And it seems as though it's about being, having context with our communication. It's about having context for our meetings. And it's about being explicit and nuanced in both. So what we're trying to achieve, if it's meetings, what we're trying to achieve, both input and output, when it comes to our communication. And for me, there seems to be a a natural theme here, right throughout our conversation today, that these are the two things that keep coming up. Being explicit and nuanced, And creating context all the time so that it's not about communicating more, it's about communicating with real efficiency and sensitivity to both what I'm doing and to what my receivers are doing. And that is true for whether it's a text message, a voice message, an email, a phone call, or a meeting to get things done. It respects the fact that we're not all 24 7 available and online.
0: Yes. That's true and then we add and then we add you could go to your meeting schedule right now after you've maybe seen this and decide to go through your already scheduled meetings and just go cut them in half <laughs> very practical just, the only thing that you have to do is to do decide to do it and you will manage will be fine
1: uh, I'm going to get off uh, this call, and I'm going to go into my outlook, uh, and I'm going to take the rest of the meetings I have this week and minimize them by uh, 15 minutes, all of them.
0: Bang! Right. Next next week, you tell me uh, how that was. I can't
1: <laughs> wait. <laughs> what a great pause point. <laughs> okay, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> okay, good. So I think um, we, I think we have a few more uh, things to share, and maybe for another time. Yeah. To do on how to be a little bit more efficient in. For example, your routines and, and uh, some other things. Uh, we do this next time, right?
1: Lovely. Let's do it next week. Okay. All right, Brad. It was a pleasure. Always. And uh, I'll see you on WhatsApp and we'll schedule the next time for next week. We will. Lovely. Enjoy Thanks. the rest of the week, Frank. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care.